0: Hallelujah. Well, today I'm going to be speaking on double restoration. Friday at the prayer home, our staff, we gathered together. And as I was thinking in my heart, what do I share? The Lord said, begin to pray for the double. Begin to pray for the double. And it was not just an assignment for that time of prayer, The Lord said, this is an assignment for the next few months. That as a people and as a church, you begin to believe in God and begin to pray for the double. So as I was praying in the prayer house, I began to sense a very strong unction and flow in the spirit as I was praying in tongues. And then I realized that this is really what God wants the body of Christ to be praying in this moment. You see, John chapter 10, verse 10 tells us that the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come, says God, so that you may have life and that you may have it abundantly. This COVID pandemic has stolen from the world, the people of the world, so much. Our health, our well-being. It has stolen the time, jobs, security, economies have fallen, companies have become bankrupt, people have lost loved ones. So this COVID pandemic is definitely not from God. It is definitely not caused by God. See, if we have the wisdom and the discernment of the Holy Spirit, we can see the unseen hand of the enemy working behind this situation, bringing chaos, Bringing fear and panic and confusion. Wherever we see this fall, rest assured, Satan is behind it. So we know this COVID pandemic is not from the Lord. Now God can use it to bring us to Him. But it's not from the Lord, it's from the thief. Amen. But we must, in these moments, lift up our eyes and be assured from the Word of God. You see, this verse is a continuing statement of God's intent and purpose through Jesus Christ. That He wants to give us life. His will is not to take, but to give. His will is not to destroy, but to build. Hallelujah. God wants to give. Not only give a little, give abundantly. The Greek word here is the word perisos, which means overflowing in measure. Excessive life, more than you can hold. It's like a cup overflowing with life. That's what God wants to give to us. And we must put our faith in this promise continually, in this truth continually, that in the midst of all that we are seeing, the destruction that is going on in the world, God wants to give us life. Jesus wants to give us life. And therefore, we must start believing for the double restoration. You see, in Ephesians chapter 3, the Bible says, God wants to give us exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think or desire, according to the power that works in us. So our part is to be seeking God according to the dunamis, the work of His grace, the work of His Spirit in our lives. God will give us exceedingly, abundantly. And that's why I believe it is God's will. For the church, the body of Christ, to begin praying for the double restoration. A double restoration of whatever the enemy has stolen from you in this time. Begin to pray. Just believe in God and begin to pray. Hallelujah. The Lord put this analogy in my mind. Are we playing defense or offense? Now, if some of you have played football while you were in school or college, you would understand this. No team, no matter how good, how good your defense, how good your players are, no team, no matter how good you are, you will never win if only you play defense. If you never cross beyond your half and you're only playing defense, no team in the world will win. See, the only way any team, football team, any team, basketball team begins to win is when you go on the offensive, when you go on the attack. So, the Lord made me understand that the body of Christ has been playing defense in the last three, four months of this COVID. It's like we've been playing defense against what the enemy has been bringing. See, the majority of our prayer requests have been for people who have been trying to cope. Coping with fear, coping with loss, coping with lack, coping with loneliness and depression and anxiety. We are coping, so we are praying and we are playing defense. We want somebody to help us in prayer so that we can defend ourselves against the fear, the panic, the anxiety, the loneliness that the enemy is Bringing upon the people of the earth, the body of Christ. And if you continually play defense, we won't win. So the Lord told me this. If you will begin to pray this, double restoration, you're going to go on the offensive. You're going to begin to take grounds in the spirit. You're going to begin to invade the realm of the enemy. And you're going to be releasing your faith for the main thing. What I mean by the main thing is this. If you have a key, a master key that opens up all the rooms in the building and all the rooms have a different blessing. That's the prayer of double restoration for this time. That as you pray double restoration, you can believe and expect God to restore in all areas of your life more than what the enemy has been stealing from you in this time and season. Hallelujah. So no more defense, church. No more defense. We must play offense. Go on the offensive. Begin to pray double restoration. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. See, double restoration in your spiritual life. Pray for your faith to be stronger. Believe God to have mountain-moving faith. Not just hill-moving faith. Not just pain-moving faith. Cancer-moving faith. If you have been enjoying times of intimacy with God, believe God for more intimacy. Believe God for greater anointing in your life. Believe God not just to be experiencing His presence, but also the realm of glory. Believe God not only to get dreams, but to get interpretation of dreams like Daniel and Joseph. Amen. Hallelujah. Believe God for double in your spiritual life. Believe God for doubling your physical, natural life. Believe God for restoration of your health. Believe God for restoration of family times. The quality of your times. Some of you have been displaced from family. You are staying apart and you feel a loss because you are not with your family members. Well, believe God for restoration that even though the time may not be restored, the quality of the time you have in the future will be greater. Believe God for restoration of your finances. Believe God for restoration of your job. Believe God for restoration of everything you have lost naturally in this time and season. Hallelujah. If you have lost loved ones, yes, you can't get them back. But believe God to be restoring you into new relationships into new relationships that will replace the void in your heart, new relationships that will be as enduring and as loving as those that you have lost. Hallelujah. And for the body of Christ, the church, not only our church, but for the church worldwide, we must be praying for double restoration, double healing, double anointing, double attendance after the pandemic is over. Hallelujah. Double tithes and double offering. We must begin to pray. Amen. Let's not be always on the defensive. Where's the enemy going to come from? Fear, worry, loss. We are just playing defense. We have to go on the offensive, church. Can you say hallelujah? Hallelujah. You see, God desires to give us double for the troubles that we are going through. This is a principle we see throughout Scripture. Turn with me to Zechariah chapter 9. It's a principle that we see throughout the Scripture. That God always blesses His people out of the difficult times that they go through. And as I show you these examples, I want you to put your faith in the Word of God. See, Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation. But cheer up. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. If Jesus has overcome, God wants us to live in an overcoming attitude. God wants us to live in an overcoming mindset. God wants us to live in an overcoming way. Why? If Jesus has overcome, we have overcome in Him. Come and turn to your neighbor and say, you are an overcomer. Because Jesus has overcome. See, if Jesus overcame, you don't have to overcome. He overcame for you. Your part is to just believe you are an overcomer in Christ. Hallelujah. In Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Rejoice, Faith Harvest Church. This is for believers. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the fall of a donkey. No, we have to look at these verses from the lens of the New Testament after redemption. This is a picture of Jesus, our Messiah, our Savior. All right, look at verse 10. I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the horse from Jerusalem. The battle bow shall be cut off. He shall speak peace to the nations. His dominion shall be from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. This is talking about Christ as the Lord of the earth, having dominion Jesus the Messiah, Jesus the King of Kings. Verse 11, as for you also, because of the blood of your covenant, the blood of your covenant, referring again to the cross, the redemption of Jesus. I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Verse 12, return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today I declare that I will restore double to you. Now, these verses speak of Jesus in His redeeming role. In His almighty Lord of the earth role. In the covenant that we have because of the blood. Hallelujah. So these verses is speaking to us today. If you are in trouble, believers. If you feel like you are in a waterless pit. If you feel like you are a prisoner of hope. Negative hope, fear. The world has been gripped with an expectation of bad things to come. See, when you are expecting bad things to come, that is also hope. But it is wrong hope, evil hope, negative hope. Sometimes we become prisoners of our hope. Those who are depressed, those who are fearful, they are prisoners of their evil expectations. They become a prisoner of the guilt and condemnation. Now, to these people, the Bible is saying, return to the stronghold. What is the stronghold? The stronghold is Jesus. In Nahum chapter 1, verse 7, the Bible says that the Lord is good. Yahweh, Jehovah, referring to Jesus Christ, you heh wav the redeeming God. Jesus is good. He is a stronghold. Can you say stronghold? He's a stronghold. Return to God. Return to Jesus. Hallelujah. In Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10, the Bible says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. Jesus, the moment we say Jesus, we are surrounded as in a fortress. Hallelujah. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and is safe. The The way we believers get saved is we run to the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is a stronghold. The righteous run to Jesus. The righteous run to the name of Jesus. The righteous run to the blood of Jesus. The stronghold is the blood covenant. The stronghold is the finished work of Jesus. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. That is our stronghold. Return to the stronghold when we return to the stronghold, we find a refuge in what Jesus has done for us. The blood of Jesus. The Bible says here. In verse 12. I will restore double to you. Can you say double? Amen. Just listening to that word makes you feel glad. It's better than single, you know? Those of you who are single, I know you want to be double very soon. I will restore that to you when you return to the stronghold. Return to Christ. Return to His righteousness, not your righteousness. You see, people are praying and fasting, but they're still in depression. You know why? They're trusting in their own prayer and fasting rather than the finished work of Jesus. They're trusting in their own works. Rather than the blood of Jesus Christ. Our security is not in our works. It's in the blood. Hallelujah. Amen. A couple of our staff were sharing about how when they were spending intimate time with the Lord last week. Just intimacy. Enjoying God. Enjoying His presence. Enjoying being at the feet of Jesus like Mary. The Lord gave them instructions to sow to some poor people and they did. And as they did that, God restored more than double finances. Hallelujah. A laptop and blessings in their life. Why? Because they returned to the stronghold. They were in the presence of the Lord. They were just enjoying Jesus Christ. And as they did that, God restored double. Hallelujah. Now, when Zechariah here talks about the pit, the waterless pit, what was he thinking of? I believe he was thinking of someone in the Bible called Joseph. Joseph, hated by his brothers, almost murdered, thrown into a waterless pit, left to die. But when some Ishmaelite traders were passing by, they sold Joseph for 20 pieces of silver. And he was sent as a slave to Egypt. A foreign country, a foreign culture, with no rights, naked, in the marketplace. And he was bought by a man called Potiphar, who was the captain of Pharaoh's guard. In Potiphar's house, Joseph, as a slave, begins to prosper. Everything he touches, God prospers it. Hallelujah. See, you don't have to always be in A perfect environment to be blessed as a believer. Joseph was not in a perfect environment. He was a slave and yet he was blessed. You know why? The Bible says God was with him. Hallelujah. The problem with Christians is we are looking for our circumstances to be perfect. And then we have the assurance God is with me. But Joseph's circumstances were far from perfect. And yet, the Bible says God was with him, God blessed him, God prospered him. So that Potiphar left the household into his hands and his wife began to cast lustful glances at Joseph. And the wife, about to seduce him, Joseph said no, ran away, falsely accused of trying to rape the wife. And so he was put into another pit called the dungeon, a bigger pit. He was there for many years, but at the right time, at the right time, when God intervened and spoke to Pharaoh in a dream, he could not interpret. Joseph was the only one who could interpret it. And in that instance, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 41, verses 41 to 43, Pharaoh looked unto Joseph and said, see, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand, put it on Joseph's hand, arrayed him in vestures of fine linen, put a gold chain around his neck. You see, the original rapper was Joseph. All the rappers want to put gold chains. Hey, Joseph was having all the bling bling, right? And he made him ride in the second carriage which he had. And they cried before him, bow the knee. And he made him the second ruler in all the land of Egypt. See, God restored double for all the troubles that He went through. This is a pattern we see in the Word of God. When the people of God go through difficulty, God wants to bless them out of it if they will only believe and begin to start believing in God, praying. Don't take this as, oh, God is judging me. Oh, we are left on our own. Oh, what's going to happen there? Don't take it as that. God loves us. God has not forsaken us. God is with the church. God is with the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Joseph's part was simple. He only remained faithful. He just remained faithful. He did not give up. Don't give up in such times. Don't give up if you are watching online. Hallelujah. I believe Zechariah must have been thinking of a man called Job. Job was the richest man of the East in his time. But because he allowed the enemy to afflict his life because of his fear, he said, the thing I feared greatly has come upon me. It was not God who sent the sicknesses and destruction upon Job. It was the devil. He lost seven sons, three daughters, thousands of sheep and camel and cattle and so on, goats. Lost even his houses. And then he became sick from his soul to the crown of his head with painful boils. And while he was in that misery, his friends came and argued with him and said, It is your fault. You have sinned. You have broken some law. And they began to accuse him. His own wife said, Curse God and die. (laughs) Sometimes wives can be a great blessing. His own wife said, Curse God and die. But Job defended himself. He defended himself in his own self-righteousness. He blamed God even. But in the end, the Bible says in Job chapter 42 verse 10. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job. He turned his situation around when he prayed for his friends. Also, the Lord gave Job double. Twice as much as he had before. But the wife was just one, all right? You don't need two wives who tell you to curse God and die. <laughs> I think I really like that joke. <laughs> you see, what was Job's part? He simply humbled himself to the Lord, he repented, forgave his friends. And God restored double in his life. All the trouble he went through, God turned it around. This was not from God. It was from the devil. Hallelujah. What was Zechariah thinking about? I believe he was thinking of David. In Psalm 40 verse 2, the Bible says, David speaking, He brought me up also out of a horrible pit. of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock. Now we know David knows what it was like to be in a pit, in a cave, in a hole, in the wilderness. Because for almost half his life, Saul was after him to kill him. And even after he became king, he was always having troubles one after the other. In fact, when he was king, he committed adultery. He entered into the pit himself. Not only that, it killed that woman's husband, Uriah, committed adultery with Bathsheba, got her pregnant. And then when the child was born, the prophet came and said, God is judging you and taking away this child. So David began to fast and pray and plead with God for the child. But the child died. Do you know what David did when the child died? he stopped praying, he stopped bleeding, he stopped crying, lifted up his hands and began to worship God and surrender himself to the sovereignty of God. He just began to trust in God and said, God is good. He trusted in the mercies of God. Well, guess what happened? God blessed Bathsheba again with another son through David called Solomon. And Solomon began his career as the wisest and became the richest king in all the world. Isn't that a double blessing? God restored David. Hallelujah. You see, God has been speaking to me to tell the families that you need to pray for restoration of your children's education. What do I mean by that? I can't get online. Uh, We're not able to study well. No. You have to believe for restoration in miraculous ways God will bring. They may not be able to be studying well, but believe God for restoration that even though there are no classes right now, they're becoming smarter. They're becoming brighter. They're becoming sharper now than even if they go to school. Now, come on. Somebody say amen. Can God do that? Yes. If God can give Solomon wisdom because he prayed and he sought God. Why can't God make your children smarter? That means he can restore whatever the pandemic is stealing from them. Begin to pray for them. Hallelujah. So David's part was that he simply trusted in the Lord. He just trusted in God. Hallelujah. Abraham. 25 years, he was believing, huffing and puffing for a son. And finally, when he was 100 years old, God gives him Isaac. And for about 13 years, they enjoy Isaac. Isaac is weaned. He becomes a young man. And then God comes and says, give me your son. What would we have felt if we were Abraham? 25 years, believing in God. A son has come. The son whom I love, my only son, the pride of my life, the carrier of my family lineage. And then God says, sacrifice your only son to me. But Abraham obeyed, took Isaac with him, went up on Mount Moriah with all the wood. And as his hand was about to come down on Isaac, God said, stay your hand. And God provided a ram. A sacrifice himself, which is, of course, a type of Jesus Christ, who becomes our sacrifice. That we, not having to die for our sins, Christ dies for us so that we go free. In this story, all of us are Isaac. Amen. But in this story, Isaac is also like Jesus who dies in our place. Abraham is the father God. But the point that I'm trying to make is this. For all of Abraham's trouble that he went through, God restored. Look at Genesis chapter 22, verse 16 to 17. Then God spoke to him to say, Because you have done this thing, you have taken this trouble to obey me. I will bless you. Because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, that in blessing i will bless thee and in multiplying i will multiply the seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies god restored abraham for all the trouble he took for god god is not indebted to anyone whatever you give to him even as a sacrifice he will give you double for your troubles. Can you say hallelujah? Amen. Abraham became the father of many nations. Literally. Look at Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 to 2. You see, how can I have confidence in believing for double restoration? It comes through Jesus Christ. It comes through the finished work. Abraham's part was only to believe and obey. Believe and obey. And he was made the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. Look at Isaiah chapter 40 verses 1 to 2. Comfort, yes, comfort my people. Double. Whenever the Bible says, verily, verily, I say unto you, pay attention because there is emphasis here. So the Bible here is saying comfort, comfort two times. Double comfort for the people of God. Says your God, speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her, that her warfare is ended. That her warfare is ended. See, because of sin, we have a war inside and we have a war outside. If you gossip about someone, you're going to have a war with your friend. But you're also going to have war inside. You're going to struggle with that guilt, that regret. Sin always causes war on the outside and on the inside. Her warfare is ended. How? That her iniquity is pardoned. Interpret this from the New Testament context. Where is our iniquity pardoned? On the cross the blood of Jesus, the grace of Christ to die for us on the cross because of the finished work of Jesus, because of redemption. For she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Our sins cause us to be in warfare internally, mentally, externally, even our bodies being afflicted. But because of what Jesus did on the cross, Forgave us of all our sins and gave us the gift of righteousness. Our warfare with God and also with your own conscience is over. Amen. You have peace with God. If you have peace with God, you have peace with yourself. Your mind is at peace. If you will sleep every night on the fact that you are forgiven of your sins, I tell you, that truth becomes a pillow. A pillow of peace. But some of you have been sleeping like you are put your head on a pillow of thorns. Can't sleep. Whole night tossing and turning. Why? It's not the bed. Go and buy a 20,000 rupees mattress. Go and buy a one lakh mattress. You will still not sleep. Because it's the thorns in your conscience. It's the thorns of regret. It's the thorns of self-condemnation that make you unable to sleep at night. Oh, but I tell you, forgiveness is a pillow. It's a sweet pillow. That when you sleep knowing, whatever I have done today is under the blood. (sighs) Whatever I have missed today is under the blood. (laughs) I may have lost my temper in the daytime. Lord, I'm sorry, but I thank you. It's forgiven. Go to sleep peacefully with no regrets. Can you say amen? And don't be also having the thorn of unforgiveness. That person said that to me. My husband did that. I can't sleep at night because that knife of unforgiveness is in your heart. See, forgiveness is both ways. We receive from the Lord, we give to people. And that is the peace pillow that all of us need. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. But the point here is this, because of forgiveness, because of redemption, because of Jesus' work on the cross, we have double. Comfort is double. Peace is double. Joy is double. Strength is double. Can you say hallelujah? Amen. Even the righteousness we have is not our righteousness. It's God's righteousness. It's like double righteousness. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at Isaiah chapter 61. All the double comes because of Jesus. And why I'm sharing this is so that you can start believing for the double. Not because of your goodness, not because of your works, but because of Jesus' work. Can you say hallelujah? Isaiah 61 verses 1 to 7, it talks about the ministry of Jesus Christ. What He will do for us. This is a messianic psalm. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. This is Jesus in his messianic role. Redemptive role. Look at verse 7. Instead of your shame, you shall have a double honor. What is shame? Shame is something that comes because of sin. Adam and Eve sinned and because of shame, they want to cover themselves. When you sin, you feel shameful. Not only that, when you feel weak, when you feel infirm, when the church has not done its role, when we feel like I've been a bad husband, a bad wife, I've been an imperfect father, we feel shame. And we try to put shame on one another. Shame is a tool of Satan. Don't ever try to use shame to teach your children. See, in Nagaland, in the past, shame was used as a tool to, to discipline our children. So, what do you say? That the first division, Paya to do Right? Our parents use shame as a tool to disciple us rather than disciple us, it destroyed us. It destroys self image, self esteem, self confidence. Shame is used by the devil. Now, even the church sometimes we're trying to use shame. It's horrible. Tight offering, India. Yeah, I'm speaking to you all, huh, today? <laughs> See, we are trying to put shame on people so that oh, they will feel the inspiration to improve. It, they don't. It's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance, not shame. So, for your shame, the Bible says you shall have double honor. Instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in the portion. Therefore, in the land, they shall possess. Possess. Come on, say it louder. Possess. Double, they shall possess double, everlasting joy shall be theirs. Do you see it? God wants to give us double based not on our works, not on us being better than the other Christians. No, it's this is available for anyone who will believe. Anyone who will believe. It's not first great Christian, second great Christian. Anyone who will believe because it comes from the finished work of Jesus. For your shame, God will give forgiveness and bring you double, double honor. God wants to give you double joy. An everlasting joy. Not just joy that comes today and goes tomorrow. Before COVID, be joyful. After COVID, no more joy. That's not the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is in the midst of COVID. You are happy. You are joyful. Hallelujah. You are grateful every day. You have no food to eat. Be grateful. Be joyful that you are alive. You have no pork. Be grateful. Be joyful that you have potato. Glory to God. Amen. You see, everlasting joy comes from Jesus. It comes from the finished work. Hallelujah. The double always comes from the finished work of Jesus. In 2 Kings chapter. verses 9 to 10. This is a brilliant story of Elisha that received the double portion of Elijah's anointing. The mantle in a double measure upon him. And the Lord gave me this understanding you can take it here from the Holy Spirit that it's not just the Elijah anointing that we as a church should be believing for. What we should really believe to be stepping into a greater, like Elisha. Whatever we as a church have experienced the last 20 years. Miracles, anointing, reach, ministry, healings. The Lord has been speaking to my heart. Now believe for the double. Double of what you have experienced the last 20 years. Can you say Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now in this story, Elisha is following Elijah. Elijah tells Elisha, stay here. I'm going to cross over the Jordan. It's a test. But Elisha says, no master, I'm going to follow you. Not only that, Elisha's classmates, the sons of the prophets, they began to ridicule Elisha, criticize him, make fun of him, telling him, your master is going to be taken away today. What are you going to do? Teasing him, bullying him. But Elisha kept quiet and kept his eyes on the goal. He did not get distracted by the opinions of people. He did not get distracted by all those prophets writing on Facebook and, and social media. He did not get distracted by all those things. He was looking to Elijah because he knew the double portion is with him. So finally in verse 9, 2 Kings chapter 2 verse 9. And so it was when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask, what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? Elisha said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. So he said, you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me, you have to be focused, church. There was a whirlwind that came, chariots of fire. All of those distractions, the lights. But Elijah said, if you see me. In other words, he was telling Elisha, don't get distracted by the whirlwind, the chariots, the lights. Keep your eyes on me. If you see me when I'm taken up, it is yours. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on this prayer. Keep your eyes on what the Spirit of God is saying. Don't get distracted by the whirlwind, the chariots, everything that's happening around the world. Keep your eyes on God our spiritual vision needs to be clear God wants to release a double portion on the earth Amen God wants to release a double portion people are saying there's economic famine that's coming and I believe in the world there will be a famine but in the family of God in the kingdom of God for the people of God there will be increase Hallelujah the wealth of the wicked shall be transferred to the righteous. Hallelujah. Keep your eyes on the Word. The world says that there is a pandemic that is going to be worse than this coming in the days to come. But for us, the people of God, keep our eyes on the Word. For the people of God, I believe we are entering into seasons of divine health. I'm believing for the body of Christ to be healthier than ever. Because God is using this to refine our faith. Hallelujah. Glory to God. What was Elisha's part? Hunger. Pursuit. That's it. Vision. Focus. And the double portion was his. God is speaking to us. Pray for the double. Church, start praying for the double. Not just one time today and you've forgotten about it, every day. Because I believe restoration is already begun upon the earth. I believe economies are going to be restored. I believe healths are going to be restored. I believe confidence and faith is going to be restored. And the church, I believe, will be used mightily by God to usher in hope and courage through bringing the power of God in revival in the days to come. Hallelujah, So I'm believing for double harvest of souls. I'm believing for double anointing, double gifts of the spirit, double miracles, double cancers being healed. Double tithes and offering, double ministries. Yes. Hallelujah. Don't let your faith be affected by what you are hearing and seeing through your eyes, through your ears on media. Many times the media can be a mouthpiece of the devil. We must be hearing and seeing what God is saying, what the Spirit of God is saying. Hallelujah. There's an Old Testament principle that we can apply even in the New Testament. And that principle is that the eldest son Receives a double portion of the inheritance. It is in Deuteronomy chapter 21, verse 17. Deuteronomy 21, verse 17. He must acknowledge the son of his unloved wife as the firstborn by giving him a double share of all he has. So in the law of Moses, the firstborn son, not the son from the wife that he loves, but the firstborn son. Hallelujah. He receives a double portion of the inheritance. That son is the first sign of his father's strength. The right of the firstborn belongs to him, and that right is called the birthright. That is what Esau lost to Jacob. The right of the firstborn is a double portion. Well, how do we apply it today to us? Look at Revelations chapter 1 verse 5. Revelations chapter 1 verse 5. The Bible says Jesus is the firstborn. The firstborn. The only begotten of God. Not firstborn in the sense that he was created by God. Jesus is God himself. He was not created. He always existed, even before time. But firstborn in term of order. The Greek word for firstborn here is the word prototokos, which means birth order, referring to birth order. The first child born. This is a concept of great significance in the Old Testament where the firstborn son inherited his father's place as head of the family, receiving the father's blessing and a double portion of the inheritance. This is Jesus today, not only son of God, but also son of man. The man representing us in heaven. Jesus inherited his name by his death, burial, and resurrection. He took on human flesh so that for eternity, He's in that human body, resurrected, but He carries that human body for eternity. That's why He's the firstborn. Not that He did not exist before this, but He's the firstborn of a new creation race called the body of Christ, the church. Can you say hallelujah? Now, look at Romans chapter 8, verse 17. So, if Christ is the firstborn, according to God's law, he gets a double portion. Then, what about us? Romans chapter 8, verse 17, the Bible says we are joint heirs with Christ. Right? We are joint heirs with Christ. Joint air does not mean you inherit 50%, I inherit 50, let's share 50-50. No. Joint air means we inherit together. It means co heir It means you get the 100, I also get the 100 with you. Why? Because we are in Christ. We are in Christ. Everything Christ gets, I get. Everything Christ gets, you get. You have a right to every inheritance of Christ. And because Jesus was obedient, He inherited righteousness. Today we are righteous. It is put into our account. Jesus is the Prince of Peace because He paid the price for sins. So today we inherit that peace as our birthright. Amen. Hallelujah. Healing and health. Prosperity. Deliverance. Joy. All of that is our birthright. It is not our work right. It is our birth right. The moment we become born again, we become sons and daughters of God, and we are joint heirs with Christ, which means what? The right of the firstborn is ours. Which means you have a right to the double restoration. And it's not because how good you are as a believer, it's because of Jesus. It's because of the finished work. You and I have a right to the double restoration. We can start believing, we can start trusting, we can start praying for the double restoration right now. How do I do that? Well, on one hand, you begin to believe in God. You begin to ask, you begin to pray, asking God for the double restoration. On the other hand, you begin to claim from the enemy. Begin to rebuke him. Take your hands of what my inheritance is. Release back to me what you have stolen. Hallelujah. We have to be violent in our faith. Violent. We have to be gentle and loving to people. And then we have to be violent against the enemy. He has to restore what he has stolen. There's a biblical law of restitution. The thief always has to bring back what he has stolen from you. Hallelujah. You see, the devil has twisted around where we are so polite with the devil because we don't want to make him angry. We don't want him to come at night and bring fear. But we are so angry with one another. No, we are violent with one another, but we are so polite with the devil. No, turn it around. Be violent against the enemy. Rebuke him. Bind him. Resist him. Give him no place in your life. But with one another, Amen. Maybe if you treated your wife like you treated the devil, (laughs) the home would be so nice, right? (laughs) Don't get me wrong. You understood what I was saying. What I'm saying is this turn the tables around on the enemy. Amen. The way we treat the tribe that we don't like, the way we speak bad about that tribe that we don't like, speak about the devil that way and speak about that tribe in a different way. Amen. Come on, church. We got to be violent in our faith, bold in claiming what is ours. The double is for us double restoration is ours can you say hallelujah amen God wants to give us a double Jesus wants to give us a double he died so that we can have the double the share of the firstborn hallelujah so begin to pray begin to pray begin to pray and begin to pray this month next month and keep on praying not just for yourself But of course, you start with yourself, but you pray for the church, the body of Christ. Pray for your family. Pray for your friends. But pray for the body of Christ worldwide. Because I believe the church is being ushered in the time of great restoration. We are not only just going to have revival, I believe you're going to experience the glory realm. Not just one or two people here, sporadic, but I believe the body of Christ will experience the realms of glory. Miracles and and uh, signs and wonders, I believe, will be commonplace in the days to come. Hallelujah!
1: Come, listen to us. If you have been blessed through this podcast, we invite you to partner with us in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ from Nagaland to the nations. We make all our series available for free, but it does cost us time, effort, and money to do it. So, the support of people such as you will enable us to reach more people in more regions. Remember. When you give, the Word of God says in 2 Corinthians 9.8 that God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you, always having all sufficiency, all things may have an abundance of every good work. If you would like to support our media ministry on a monthly basis or through a one-time gift, kindly write to us at faithharvestnagaland at gmail.com. And visit our website www.faitharvest.in and you can go to the giving section. You can also give through this UPI ID 7005684533 at Paytm. God bless you and thank you so much for your generosity.